Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Courtney, and I am right next to my best bud, Al. Hello. <sighs> Al. Hi. Do you feel it? I feel it. It's a uh, summertime. The summertime. And the the living is easy. And breezy. Yes, we're breezy. We're breezy boys. Because um, it's summer and I like it. Yeah, it's cool. It's good. And also it's not so hot out right now. Yeah, and that's good also. Because <laughs> when it gets... Look, I remember every summer when we record up in my Ooh. podcast loft. Yes. Uh, it gets... is We can't have air con on. It gets real... It gets hot. Swampy? We might have to... Um, maybe we'll have to take a, a detour over to my house and podcast on my twin bed. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we start... Yeah. I have... I guess an... an uh, uh, what do you call it when you have to edit something when we, you made a mistake? An addum? A whoopsie addendum? A whoopsie addendum. Mm-hmm. A whoopsie addendum. I have some... No, I know it's not May. Yeah. But I have some despicable... May edits. Okay. That I have to talk about. Please. A couple weeks ago, we watched Minions, the yeah. movie. And I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And there, I have to say, there was an error in the bananan that we established. Oh, really? Throughout, actually, our producer established. Yeah, I mean, he was the one that kind of was going on about yeah, it. Yeah, he was kind of going on so about it like every probably kind time. of his fault, if you really think about it. In the movie, in the titular movie, Minions, mm. about Minions, Yes. Um, they do fight for Napoleon. Oh. Correct. Yeah. They do not go to Antarctica. What? They go to Siberia. Oh, Oh. 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 So they're in Siberia. This changes everything. everything. (laughs) We have to do it all over again. (laughs) So they were there for like Glasnaus. They were there for like Stalin. Yeah. They were there, baby. They were working in the, the... you know, Gulag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they were in the movie. They were stuck in a cave and there were yetis. It was very cute. Um, but they were not in Antarctica. So there, there's blood on their hands. Absolutely. Siberian blood on their hands. Gulag blood on their hands. Did the minions do the Great Purge? Yes. Um, it was so only they them. Were, they were in there from, they were the, in there. from the October Revolution. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. All of it. Done. And whose side were they on? I guess it was the red and the whites, but I guess there was also yellows. That was... <laughs> <laughs> So that's number one, the yeah. one thing I had to talk about. Number two, something very surprising, and we probably goofed on it, but it is canonically, sorry, bananically established in the Minions movie. The Minions do work for Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, I mean, that checks. In the movie. That tracks to me. <laughs> they brush the little dogs? They, there was a scene, a very cute scene, where they did ride little corgis around. Well, that's... That's actually sounds it's very, very cute. cute. Can I tell you? And I know it's not despicable, May, and it doesn't matter because this is our podcast. We can talk about whatever I want. The minions, very cute. It's genuine opinion, June. <laughs> I am here, uh, and I'm here to tell you that I would die for Bob the Minion. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's not precious. worth it. <laughs> He's so precious. I love him. <laughs> anyway, the, I just thought we should update that. Which one's Bob? The littlest. Okay. He's cute. Okay. He had a little teddy bear. I believe you. <laughs> I did not bear witness, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, you weren't there. You were uh, oddly absent. 
from uh, our minions next year. Next year, we'll, 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 I guess we'll watch Minions 2, Electric Boogaloo. Rise of Gru. Right. Oh, is that what it is I called? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you ready? Uh, this is, this is minion free. Hit me with it. Okay. Patty Harmon was born in Chicago, Illinois Ooh. to Irish immigrant parents. At the age nine, he and his brother received $60 a month from snuffing out the gaslights in his neighborhood. Sick. <laughs> I bet they had a cute little outfit when they did it, too. <laughs> at age 14, he sold newspapers uh, at one of the busiest corners in the city. He was a little newsy. Oh. Did a little dance little and everything. Cap? Oh, you know oh, it. Oh, boy. Oh. I think being in newsies as a young child did uh, ready my gender. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> as, I, as it's been established today. Once you get that hat, it's all Oh, over. the hat. And I had a little cute vest. Oh, my God. A little pair of floodwater khakis. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Assigned to trans mask at Newsies. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. At age 16, he rented out a dance hall and brokered his first event as a promoter. Ooh. After that, Harmon became infatuated with hosting bigger and bigger events in larger and larger venues. By the early 1920s, when Harmon was in his 40s, he owned two of the city's most popular ballrooms and was working towards acquiring a third at the end of Navy Pier Oh, in Chicago. Cool. The other card he wanted in his hand was a piece of the new National Hockey League. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. In 1924, the first American teams were brought into the league. First Boston, then New York, then Pittsburgh. Patty knew Chicago would be the next logical move, so he made a bid to bring one in, only to be beat out by Colonel Frederick McLaughlin. Damn that guy. Damn. Yeah. Is this Jock Talk? Oh, you know it. Is it, is it friggin' Jock O'Clock? I mean, <laughs> let me adjust my... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this is... I. It is Jock O'Clock. Okay. It's very specifically Jock O'Clock. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you pretend to be a jock this episode? Yeah. Yeah. I like sport. Do you love a sport? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like being inside. <laughs> I mean, you can do sport and also be inside. Yeah. Which one? Um, well, anything in an arena. <laughs> I like being inside, sitting down. Okay. Well, an arena also. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. I guess. No one's standing in an arena. <laughs> Everyone's sitting down eating their hot dogs. That's true. Yeah, it's great. You love a... Bu- hey, you love watching a baseball game. I will I will do a summer baseball game. Right? I will drink a beer. I will eat a hot dog. Right? I will try to get the wave started no matter oh. how resistant my <laughs> section. <laughs> See, you got a little jock in you. Yep. Everyone's got a little jock in them. I wish. And I will shout, ball is life. <laughs> At a baseball game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Goal. <laughs> Not wanting to lose, though, on the chance to be connected to the hottest new event in Chicago, Harmon borrowed a large amount of money from friends to construct a stadium for the new team to play in. Because Harmon's, quote, go big or go home attitude, <laughs> he planned to make this the largest indoor stadium in the country. Costing $8 million, which is $115 million in today's money. That's some money. The stadium boasted seating for 25,000 people, which back then was huge. Yeah, that was a lot. It also featured the very first pipe organ to Ooh. appear in a sporting arena. Do 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 Or do 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 do
<laughs> now you have you been to a, a like I guess a hockey game? Yeah, um, I've been to Grey Cup games. You, oh, that's not hockey. Is that football? Yeah. Sick. Would um, you? <laughs> good thing remember, my mom does sorry, not listen to this. Sorry, podcast. sorry, sorry. Remember when we did metrification? I'd be so disowned. <laughs> remember when we did metrification? Grey ice is kind of gray. It's okay. Well. Maybe. In my brain. So Grey Cup is football. Yeah, and I have been to Grey You've Cup You've been games. to a football game. Um, I've been to a lot of football games. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have a brother who's my brother, a football boy. My, my brother was a football boy. Yeah, okay. Um, that's the title of my autobiography. <laughs> my, brother my brother was, was a, a football, football boy. boy. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, but I've been, to, I've been to hockey games. You've been to hockey games. Which, I don't know. I went on a field trip as a child. We got to go to the Canucks locker room. I don't oh, know why that was weird. sort of seen as a exciting thing. That's but I, weird. I remember all the kids were hoping Pavel Bure would be there. <laughs> oh, dropping Pavel Bure. <laughs> wow. The only name I remember. <laughs> okay, do you remember the do you remember the the the, the organ? I think no. Yeah, I've heard the organ. Mm, I think Vancouver doesn't have one. No, but they, they play a, fake, a Yeah, they play a fake. sound, and I yeah. know that. Dun, 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 Are you going to tell me dun, why they dun, have an organ? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Okay, because what, what's up with that? This is frankly. what this is all about, baby. <laughs> Thank God. That's what we're here. Okay, good. <laughs> it also featured the very first pipe organ to appear in a sporting arena. To fit the large stadium, the pipe organ was also the largest available at the time with 3,663 pipes. Some thick-ass pipes. And 828 keys. That's a lot of keys. That's a lot of keys. Damn. Quote, gentlemen, we are going to have the finest sports arena in the country, and we want the organ to be one of its great features. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hartman said when he was asked about the instrument, this must be a special organ. Like the likes <laughs> The likes of which has never been built before. It must have a volume ample to fill this arena with 25,000 people comprising in the audience. It must be designed to play the action of circus performance, ice hockey, boxing, bicycle races, or any other sports event. So it's got to be big, it's got to be loud. And versatile. And versatile. <laughs> it's got to fill a lot of area. <laughs> My special organ. <laughs> How many pipes? <laughs> so many. This is the first... Um, this was the first organ in a sports arena. Cool. Yeah. Well, and Musical why did one. they think that was a good call? So they can go, do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. The pipe organ was going to be used as a musical accompaniment during every sports event in the Chicago mu- stadium. I've never really thought about this. Yeah. And now I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> they're like, this is like, a, this is like a silent movie. Yeah. We gotta play along. God. Actually, a lot of the original organ players in uh, NHL stadiums were came from the silent movies. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the next kind of round of them were jazz musicians. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, quote, pepping up spirits of bicycle races, toning up hockey games, giving color to boxing matches, and arousing enthusiasm of all gatherings at the stadium. You're giving us early jock jams. Y'all ready for this? Am I? Yeah. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Guess where I'm steering the boat? Oh, boy. Yep. 
The Chicago area pipe organ was such a hit that other teams raced to install their own. Boston Garden installed their own in 1939, while Madison Square Gardens, home to the New York Rangers, installed an organ in 1936. Madison Square Garden's organ was an Opus 402, an instrument made by the Etsy Organ Company and manufactured in 1906. Damn. Yeah, it's an old one. Wow. So again, this all came from silent movie theaters. Yeah. And then the players came, or the, That's I guess, really the cool. organist, the pianist came I along with I can't believe them. I think that this is so cool, but I do. <laughs> Good, yes. <laughs> we will make a jock out of you yet. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The opus remained installed even as time passed by and more and more stadiums chose pre-recorded popular music to be played over the PA system. In Madison Square Gardens, the Opus 402 remained till 2017. Wow. From from its installation in, in 1936. And then they got an Opus 403? No. Oh. They got a I think it was like an electronic one. I have the I have it in my sources, but they still have the organ. Like they, oh. they still have it. Um, a lot of, again, a lot of NHL got rid of theirs yeah. or never got one, but a lot of the East Coast teams still have their organ. Um, and then that transferred to baseball. Oh. Um, so Chicago Cubs was the first baseball stadium to have an organ. Sports well. is just musical theater. It is. It honestly is. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, I have a lot of sources about choosing the right music for like you know when there's a fight or when someone's in the penalty box or when there's like a judgment by the refs like what do you play yeah it's there's um i didn't get to put it in this source but there's a very famous um organist uh by the name of i think her name was nancy faust and she was one for the chicago cubs Mm -hmm. or white Sox, i think and her playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game with, like, Harry Carey singing. Oh, my God. Was, like, huge, 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 huge. Huh. Yeah. That Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yeah. I couldn't get into it here. This is all hockey, but... Well, we've now we've covered two aspects of that song. Yeah. Which is the organ and the peanuts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> when will we get to Cracker Jack? <laughs> Soon. Soon. <laughs> Uh, quote, people absolutely connect to it, says Mark Boutman, senior vice president of the Madison Square Garden's in-game entertainment. They have a vice president and also president of in-game entertainment. He's got to produce the, he's got to produce the musical. Yeah. And also, you know, when at a middle of a hockey game, you get like the Timbits guys, little kids playing <laughs> yeah. or the Chuck-a-Puck or like, you know, get a bunch of people into like slip slide on the ice. That yeah. sort of stuff. The fun stuff. Cool. Yeah. Uh, This brings us back from all the popular stuff you listen everywhere else you go. Once you hear this, it's a much richer tapestry of sound, and people say, oh, I get it. Like you did. Like I did. A large part of the audience at games are adults, and the moms and dads heard the sound when they were kids. Even though the sound of the classic stadium pipe organ is the cornerstone of many hockey games, it's other music that's sprinkled in between that created the most commercially successful music franchise of the late 90s. Wow. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> you were, I was, we were singing this before we started. I had no idea. I know. I know. Al was singing. <laughs> are you ready for this? And I'm like, yes, I did the little cabbage patch. It was very cute. You did. In 1995, Chicago native Monica Lynch was sitting in her company's luxury box at Madison Square Gardens. She was enjoying the Knicks, at, which is basketball. 
Oh. Yeah, just to let you know. Rangers hockey. Rangers hockey, Knicks basketball. But they play in the same stadium. Baseball. New York. I don't know. Oh. Who are the Jets? What do the Jets do? The Jets, New York Jets are the football. Okay. And also Winnipeg Jets is hockey. (laughs) New York. New York. Mets. Mets. Are you you thinking the Mets? Baseball. And Yankees. The Yankees. Yes. Okay. I got it. Wow, you got it. Well, you got I helped you. Most of it. I, you were, I felt it. You, you were uh, measuring my psychic energy. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I said Mets because I feel like you would be a big proponent of Mr. Met. Yeah. I, I think I've heard you talk about Mr. Met. Uh, he is a man, what, where, he have a baseball for the head? Can I tell you one thing that I wish they had yeah. at hockey games okay. at halftime yeah. is a mascot race. Okay. Like they have a baseball. They definitely do. They slip and fall? Uh, it is fucking fantastic i used to go when i lived down in the states the portland winter hawks mm-hmm. um who are a farm team for the chicago team and they would have mascot night a yearly thing mascot night and not only would they bring mascots from hockey but also different franchises cool but also they had like the lucky charms leprechaun and were they all slipping and falling? Oh, the Lucky Charms. First of all, Lucky Charms Leprechaun, he was a fucking speed skater. <laughs> he fucking killed it. But then you had, like, a Duracell battery. That was funny. Yeah. Because he fell down. He's not getting back up. <laughs> he's just a dude. It was very good. It does happen. I promise wow. you. Wow. Yes. I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> Hockey is a beautiful moment. Oh. It's all... You can get a lot of things. It's a beautiful game, they it's call a beautiful- it. It's a beautiful... The King's game. <laughs> Uh, the L.A. Kings game. Yep, that's right. Good job. You made a joke. <laughs> I'm hockey. I'm so proud of you. Wow. <laughs> I've never felt <laughs> like <laughs> so demeaned. No, no, um, no. I'm really proud of you. That okay. was very good. That was very good. She was enjoying the Knicks and appreciating the stadium music directed and played by the Garden's hybrid organist and DJ, Ray Castoldi. Lynch was no stranger to the arena environment. Her uncle was in charge of ticketing at the Chicago Stadium, the one we first talked about. Uh, So she spent a lot of her childhood sitting behind the home goal. Quote, I guess that's where this all started. I just loved hockey, the sights, the sounds, the energy. It was so violent and visceral. Oh, wow. I I will say, I like the ice smell. The ice smell is nice. And because it, well, because that reminds me, I used to go skating a lot when yeah. I was a kid. okay. It would be like teen skate nights yeah, and we'd all go skating. Oh, there we go. Uh, eat some french fries. Yeah. And, you know, the smell of like stinky skates and. Stinky skates, yeah. And the ice is uh, visceral. Did you ever get a smooch at teen skate night? Not at skate night. No. no maybe at skate night. Yeah. It's hard to remember. <gasps> Mm. I might I might have smooched at skate night. You might night. have smooched at skate I night. I might have smooched at skate night. I think that makes you a jock. Does it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Any smooching at like a sports type thing, an activity. I was much more of a jock when I was a teen. Right? Yeah. I know. But still not a jock at all. <laughs> but more of what I, than one than I am now. Look, I, I can't do a lot of sports, but I have the energy. Yeah. And I think kissing at like teen skate night Definitely big jock behavior. Jock behavior. <laughs> At the Knicks games, Lynch attention was spe- specifically drawn towards the music. Ray Castoldi uh, was a king at picking the right music for the job. 
two Unlimiteds Get Ready for This, mixed seamlessly with Casey and the Sunshine's band Get Down Tonight, and of course, Redneck's Cotton Eye Joe. Are they do, is he playing one after the other, or is he DJing? He, uh, so during a hockey game, you can't play during the game. Yeah. So it's only during the, they're the just playing stop the bits. Just play. they're, he's choosing the bits. He's choosing the bits, yeah. folks. So like, for example, when there's a face-off at, uh, in the visitor's side, he would play get ready for this, because he wants to pump people yeah. up, right? Uh, my favorite thing about going to a hockey game is is when you play Cotton Eye Joe, usually during a, a break or an intermission, and you get the kid with the popcorn bucket on their head just giving her. <laughs> and they're on the jumbotron, and it's just, mwah, mwah. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's always some a, one kid with a popcorn bucket on their head. Fucking white boy summer. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Not only was Lynch inspired by the music's ability to pump up the crowd, she also knew the tunes were easily packageable. Quote, to tell you the truth, it was just... Like one of those very simple, very obvious ideas, Lynch told the Huffington Post, I would hear the same music being played at all the games. And these classic rock bits and R&B tracks had these organ bits in between. So I thought this stuff would be pretty easy to license. You? Hmm? I am a little fly. Hmm? And you have spun me around. Am I a spitter? You have spun me around and around. <laughs> right round, right round. Yeah. Uh, into your little web. Yeah. And now I'm in a little cocoon going, mm, it's warm and cozy here. Yeah. Just stay here with me. You played, I play right in your damn hands. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> so Lynch went back to her company, Tommy Boy Records, <laughs> to plan to start a plan. I cannot confirm or deny if Tommy Boy Records was based on the movie. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> Run by Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the record company already had a access to a lot of hip-hop artists of the day. They had developed uh, De La Soul and oh, Digital cool. Underground and Queen Latifi in the 1980s. Tommy Boy was still a very new record label, so they looked for a bigger partner to put the ultimate mix together. The obvious one was... ESPN. <laughs> Quote, it sounded like a cool idea, but we were a little skeptical, said Sharon Tamor, then director of the enterprises at ESPN. Tamor wasn't the only one with doubts. Quote, I thought it was the worst idea, Stephen Newton said, uh, then director of sales at Tommy Boy. I thought it was really stupid. Why would anyone do this, especially a hip hop label? Because Johnny Boy had only put out, like, R&B and hip-hop stuff. Yeah. And so now they're working with, like, Madison Square Gardens and the, like, organist there and saying, let's put together something. People are afraid of new ideas. That's, this is it. And this is never, they had never, there's not a lot of, this has never been done before. You know what? I'm here for hip-hop organ music fusion. Hell yeah. That's what we're getting. Yeah. The team moved forward, but cautiously. The first album was Jock Rock. And it's not what Tommy Boy had in mind. Instead of the hip-hop hits they had envisioned, Jock Roth was a safer album full of vintage arena classics. Ugh. Shout by the Isley Brothers, I Feel Good by James Brown, and of course, Taking Care of Business by the Bachman Turner Overdrive. I mean, you gotta. Do, 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 do. You gotta TKOB, baby. <laughs> All day. <laughs> All day. While this album was being released, the team at Tommy Boy was busy selecting and mixing their own tracks for their own record. Many of the songs picked were already hits, 
but many were only heard within the arena and not outside. Oh. So a lot of the hits were not on CDs, A. Mm-hmm. They were usually played in clubs or played um, on the radio, but they didn't have their own. Yeah. Right? They were just singles. Yep. Madison Square Garden's director of music, Castoldi, was a key figure when it came to choosing what music would fit on the album. Quote, it's got to have a really clear, engaging beat and a certain tempo range that would be a sweet spot. Not too fast, not too slow, Castoldi said. These songs are meant to be played within the back with a big reverb chamber, a sports arena with crowd noise and sound echoing around. So the songs can't be too busy or have too many components because it has to engage the fans. Mm. If the song has to has a part to chant along to or certain dance moves, it's going to have that extra edge. Okay. We love a dance move. We love a dance move. Oh, yeah. The Cabbage Patch. The Running Man. The YMCA. Yes. Seniority. Seniority <laughs> for my gay fellows at the YMCA. <laughs> With this album, Tommy Boy got their hip-hop hits front and center. Gonna Make You Sweat by the CNC Music Factory. Yes. Pop Up the Volume by M-A-R-R-S. And... Get Ready for This by Two Unlimited. Yes. (laughs) These songs were not commonly played over the airwaves, so the only place that people would be able to hear them outside of the sports arena was this CD. ESPN was a little bit worried about the lineup. Quote, We just decided, hey, if anyone from ESPN asks about the 69 boys, (laughs) just say all the guys were bored in 1969. Says (laughs) James. Sounds like they weren't bored. <laughs> Jay Ski McCarwin, Quad City DJ's member and 69 Boys producer. Yes, Quad City DJ. <laughs> and Tootsie Roll is a candy and a fun dance move. And let's just leave it at that. Uh, a little bit more, we would have been in trouble with ESPN, but we stayed right on that line. When released, Tommy Boy and ESPN's Jock Jams did even better than the watered-down Jock Rock album. Jock Jams ended up doubling Jock Rock's numbers. When it hit 100,000 copies sold, ESPN gave the go-ahead to build a second volume. Nice. Jock Jams Volume 2 became one of the most successful compilation albums of all time. Thanks to the Macarena. Does everyone who have heard the Macarena in 1996 know how to do the Macarena? I, oh boy, we were doing that thing up and down the damn street. We were doing that at the school dance. Oh my gosh. Now, my experience with the Macarena, and I want to know if this this is your experience. Yeah. When you were at a party or yes. like your school dance and the Macarena played, did people like line up like in yeah in like was it square dance style and then do the do the Macarena and then turn yeah hi that's that's part of it it's part of the dance that's just it, it's a really long song it's like a three or four minute song and we just did it forever I mean true but we also closed it out with Stairway to Heaven so oh we god. were gluttons for punishment oh my god oh. <laughs> Did you know there were two versions of the Macarena? No. One that was on, heard on the radio and they're by like two different artists. Uh, one that was on Jock Jams is probably not the one that we heard on the radio. Interesting. And they were out at the same time. The Macarena is just like <laughs> the 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 Virgin Mary that gave birth to fucking Mambo number five. I love it. <laughs> and sugar. 
<laughs> now I have to say, Macarena dance moves. I think they ran because YMCA walked. Yeah, you know oh, what absolutely. I mean? YMCA you know what I mean? was like, get your hands up, move your hands oh. around. This is a hand centric dance, <laughs> and the Macarena was like, we're in it. We're in it. We're here. Although it's 1996, most popular song ever in like in the year yeah far outreached everything it was also not available on any other albums at the time fans could only listen to it on the radio in clubs or at a sports arena wow sales of jock jams volume two not only surpassed volume one it went platinum and made it to the number 10 in the top 200 can you imagine a compliment 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 compilation compilation album like hitting high that high now <laughs> that rules i can't rules, but right? that rules i mean i wish there are ones that i definitely wish they would what i don't know there's lots of good like there's uh, lots of good compilations like ska cover compilations oh, yeah. and stuff out oh there. jer we know yeah, we know tommy boy put out three more jock jams albums between 1997 and 1998 each one of them staying within the top 30 on the billboard top 200 but none of them sold as well as volume two at its peak, Jock Jams ac- accounted for 30% of the label's entire sales. Wow. So number two was <laughs> the fucking, height. And it was Macarena. It was, and I, I wanted to do a little bit more research on the the hype of the Macarena and like how, because I think Jock Jams was almost ahead of the curve. Yeah. And then fueled it. And people would buy Jock Jams number two just for that fucking... So the Macarena really picked up Jock Jams too yes. and carried it. Carried it. Wow. Yeah. It's the arm movements. It's the it's, arm movements. You get into it, man. Uh, quote, it was great. We were selling records to jocks, sports enthusiasts, who no one had really targeted before. Tommy Boy record producer Tom Silverman remembered. Kids would buy these things and play them before their own games as psych-up records. It was a different way to use music, and people hadn't thought about music like that in the industry. The concept was that this would get you going. It was the Red Bull of music. Wow. Even if Jock Jams put the 90s best hits on a consumable as a consumable item, it did not forget its roots. On each of the albums, Madison Square Garden's organist, Ray Castoldi, can be found playing the old Opus 402. Even with all of the hits, the stadium full of cheering and jeering fans still crave the chicken dance. Aww. So the last the last song on each of the records is him playing the old organ. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah the old, old organ. The opus. Are you ready? I'm so excited. <laughs> hey, Al, are you ready for this? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I'm going to show you the ESPN infomercial for this compilation album. Awesome. Yeah, you can find it in our sources. We'll return after these messages. ESPN and Tommy Boy present Jock Jams. The hottest crowd puppet sports jams of all time. Jock Jams. Available at record stores everywhere. Welcome back to the show. Wow. Are you a punk? I'm so punk. I have to tell you, I listened to Jock Jams Volumes 1 through 4 <laughs> all morning. Yes. Producer did not like it. Oh. I think it put him in a real grumpy mood. Oh, no. <laughs> but it pumped me up. Well, that's what matters. Yes. Yes. you got a podcast. I got po- I got to perform. <laughs> and when I am getting ready to perform, I need to be at my peak. That's why I listen to Jock Jams before every date. <laughs> I don't go on dates. After every dinner by myself, <laughs> to 
scooping food into my mouth. Do 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 do. Punch a beat alone. Tell me about Jock Jams. Um, okay, so it's very good. I remember this in my bones. Yeah. Uh, we see the spinning disc. Hells yeah. So we can we know what it, that looks like when we go to purchase it at oh. our Sam Goody. Oh. <laughs> now, I have to tell you, this was an American one. There was a Big Shiny Tunes Jock Jams. Oh, really? That's the one I have. I don't have this Jock Jams. Oh, wow. I do remember seeing the commercial for yeah. it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we got some cheerleaders. They look like they're fresh out of Bring It On. Oh, yeah. They... <laughs> They're on the album cover too. Oh really? Yeah, like they're like they're like jumping. Yeah. And their skirts are kinda like ooh la la. They're doing that. You know, when I was a kid and I had to go to football games, I would yeah. pay I was watching the cheerleaders a lot of the time. Hells yeah. Um on account of being bisexual. <laughs> uh, also on account of doing dance myself. <laughs> yes, doing dance yourself. Was what we sort of said at the time <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> wink wink. And then And then whoops. Whoops. I'm gay. <laughs> uh yeah, and uh it's it's fun. They got that energy. They're yes. doing the dance. They're having a good time. They're doing those high splits. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then we got the janitor. Oh, yeah. Volume two introduced <laughs> a janitor character. And he's mopping Mom. while they dance. And he's grooving. And he's grooving. Everyone at the arena is enjoying these jams. He loves to move it, move it. He does. Oh. I love to move it, move it. I also... No, I don't like you to. You don't love I to move it, I prefer not it? to move it, move Do you it. love to just... Move it. Yeah, I do. Okay. okay, that one I can get into. Oh, boy. It feels good. Friends, uh, if you need pumping up to do anything in your life, it does not have to be jock-related. Play jock jams. Yeah, play before your D&D sesh. Oh, that was jerking. <laughs> you know what? You gotta jerk it real quick because someone's coming home. <laughs> Look, you like to move it. Move you it. do need to move it. Move <laughs> it. <laughs> the sixty-nine boys are there for you. <laughs> so it's twenty twenty-two. It's twenty twenty-two. We need. I, I think we need. I think we need jock jams more than ever now. More than ever. Here's the thing. What? Going to an arena. Going to a stadium. Yeah. Going to a place with stands where you're sitting next to a lot of people. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And a lot of them think, hey, it's over. <laughs> this pandemic, it's done. And a lot of us are like, it ain't. It ain't. Not for me. <laughs> Not for my immunocompromised ass. Uh, so it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe in with the jock jams, yeah. we could have some like reassuring was affirming yeah, jams. Yeah, some affirming jams yeah. about respecting one another. I like to move it, move it, six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. we, you know, we got some cheerleaders. We got a, maybe a more diverse cheerleading squad. Yes. yeah, uh-huh. Uh, with um, masks yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And they're six feet apart. <laughs> and they're all six feet apart. So they're not doing the basket. And we're not in a stadium. We are outside. We're on a, on a big field. Yes. Like, like soccer field. Like, we're, we're doing this, like... Like you're a kid at a soccer game and someone's got a tub full of orange slices. Oh, yeah. We're all outside. We're all apart. We're not close together in the stands. Do you remember field days? I remember field days. <laughs> oh, my favorite and also least favorite part of you know, of uh, elementary school. The little ice creams with the wooden plank. Do you get ice creams I on field we days? We didn't get ice creams. We all got ice creams on field days. Boy, they were the little boy. plastic tubs of the like shitty ice cream with the little oh, wooden plank that you eat it lucky. with. That's lucky. Um, we didn't get shit. 
Okay, so we're we're what what kind of jams? Do you have any jams in your bones that you would put on this Ooh, album? I mean, in this day and age, yeah. I think there's a, a CNC Music Factory classic that we have to bring back. Yes, uh, and that would be things that make you go hmm. Because <laughs> I feel like in this day and age, in 2022, yes. both with and without <laughs> the world of sports, there's a lot of things that make you go hmm. <laughs> Maybe we could do like a a reimagined version because the original things that make you yeah. is a lot about like interpersonal relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, men and women, and uh, I feel like we could maybe do a new societal cut of things that make you go hmm. And we could really pump it up. We could put the organ in there. Yes, yes. And yes. I feel like that could be included in the new doc jams. Correct. Um, can I propose? I wish. You know, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Uh, I wish I was home. <laughs> I wish I was at home. I wish my immune system worked the way it's supposed to. <laughs> I wish everyone was vaccinated <laughs> so I could enjoy being out and not step in this elevator and be terrified because no one was wearing masks. Yeah. That's it. And then maybe a little bit like, um, you know, do not touch my neck. Do not touch my back. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, do not touch. Yes. Etc. cetera. Et cetera. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Can I still do the cabbage patch? Oh, yeah. Six feet apart from everybody else. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And also the Macarena? And the Macarena, but we're all, again, we're six, uh, feet, six apart. feet apart. It's, it's like, instead of like a line, it's like a grid. Yeah. A, a matrix, and we're all dots on the matrix. <laughs> Doing the Macarena until we die. Yeah. Beautiful. Which will be, you know. Whenever. Whenever. Soon. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Are you flirting with me? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Jams 2022. <laughs> Get it today. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, do you have another charit for me? I do. I have a local ad for you <gasps> from what? Banger, Maine. Bangor? Banger. Banger? <laughs> Wait. From a Bangor, Maine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry I ruined your joke. It wasn't a joke. I thought it was pronounced. Oh that no, way. it's Bangor. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Stephen King teach anything? I don't care for the man. Oh, well. Respect his dedication to cocaine. <laughs> don't care for his writing. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So this is 1989's Hair Upstairs. Hair Upstairs. Really needed to bring it down. Oh, that was like a debrief. I was getting too sweaty, so I, I had know. to bring it down. Yeah, dude. This is hair upstairs. I assume it's like a haircut. Yeah, place. it's like a hair salon. Uh, so the highlight are two things. Yeah. A lot of ladies, like, they have, like, coverings over their head, like little scarves, and then they, like, reveal it. Like, yeah. it's something sexual. They reveal a short, chunky cut. Oh. <laughs> mm. My favorite is, is the fellow with the mustache. Man who looks at camera. <laughs> And he's just, hello. I love this guy. <laughs> this is 1989 in a in a nutshell. Uh, and I like how they stayed on him for two seconds. <laughs> They're like, he's looking right at the camera. We gotta cut away. <laughs> we, gotta go, we gotta go. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. He, he's Beautiful. about to lick his lips and we gotta move before that happens. 
<laughs> Do you remember the shag carpet guy? Yes. Uh, in one of our other infomercials, My I hero. feel I feel like yeah, that's him. Yeah. He just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. If you have any local ads that you need us to watch stat, you need to email us at creeps at gmail.com. Please. You can also do what? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at yeah. AdCreeps, on Instagram at AdCreeps. And uh, hey, if you're if you're enjoying the show, if you learned something cool about how hockey is musical theater like I did, uh, <laughs> you could write us a review on, on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. That would make us feel really nice. Also, if you got some spare change in your jingling in your pocket, yeah, uh, some loonies and toonies, we have a Kofi now. Yeah, it's uh, Kofi.com slash AdCreeps. Uh, is that somewhere? Where is that? It's the link on our Twitter. Link on our Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's it. That's it. That's this one. That's this one. I think we should go off by doing um, the Macarena. Okay. You can't. It's an audio um, podcast. I'll sing it. Uh, okay. Okay, ready? Yeah, we do have to pay for that. No, we don't. <laughs> Until next time, we are signing, signing off. off. Do 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 Children are children are dying outside. Hey kids, shut up! please. I'm podcasting over here. Dylan, there's a kid named Dylan out there. They all scream his name. Dylan. What is Dylan doing? Dylan's the one who's always doing some dumb shit. Dylan. Dylan.